Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. If you feel you need time away from your life to learn how to solve your substance use problem for good without distractions, 12-step meetings, or other counterproductive processes, then the St. Jude Retreat with its Freedom Model program are for you. From the moment you arrive, you'll know that this place is special, effective, and different. We won't bring you to AA meetings. We won't take away your cell phone or tablet. And yes, you can have contact with your family and friends at any time. We don't treat our guests like children or criminals like rehabs do. You'll be surrounded by open fields with mountain views. The retreat is set up to help you to relax, reset, and learn how you can solve your addiction and move on with your life. You'll be learning the world-renowned Freedom Model program directly with co-developers Mark Sheeran and Michelle Dunbar in private one-on-one sessions. You'll also have your own room with no roommates. There's no need to be uncomfortable while getting through such a vulnerable time. In addition to having your private bedroom and meals prepared by our executive chef, there's high-speed internet access so you can keep in touch with work obligations if needed. When not in class, you can enjoy one of the many amenities available, including on-site swimming pool, dry sauna, and a pond for fishing. There's also walking trails, or you can take a trip to the gym. We welcome guests from all over the world who are seeking to escape the addiction and recovery trap once and for all. Call 888-424-2626 to reserve your room today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we are going to talk about, well, how do you know when you've joined a cult? Yeah. So we get people all the time that ask us that question. They'll say, uh, I think AA is a cult. And (laughs) now to us, it's, it's, it's really obvious that it is. Um, and Oh, by the way, we have the air conditioner running because it's a heat wave here. It's very humid and we don't normally, yeah, we don't normally get this kind of heat. So we have, if there is background noise, that's what it is. We, we, it's just, we apologize. Yeah. But somebody told us before that they couldn't hear it in the background. So we're hoping that that's true. Yeah, because we have the <laughs> – these are directional microphones, but whatever. Um, so so we get people, like I said, all the time that say, you know, I, I think I think AA is a cult. I think I'm in a cult. Um, or they find us because they start searching on that. We have a, had a lot of people that I've talked to personally on the phone or that talk to Danny or Mark and say – I found you because I looked up, is AA a cult? Yeah. And we have a lot of articles and, you know, our website, our blog is packed full of that kind of stuff on, mm-hmm. on soberforever.net. If you want to look at, uh, I don't, I don't know how many articles we have on there, probably hundreds at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and videos on our YouTube channel, all that stuff. But there's a lot on this topic Yeah. because, uh, because myself, Stephen, Michelle, Ryan, Jerry, all of us, 
walked out of the cult. We did. We, we did. And Mark and I grew up in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess walk out is a bad way of saying it. It was more like we had to work out figuring out that we were in one. Right. And then rejecting the ideas that they were selling. Yep. And then moving on with our life into a new freer sort of world. And that was a, that was, that was a strange time in our life. I think it really was. It was, well, Mark was more open. I think than I was, I think you, you like, he got to, got to conclusions quicker than I did as we were leaving, you know, as like, we would kind of throw away one part of AA, but then I would be like, oh no, but we got to keep this part. You got to keep this part seems to work. Yeah. And you know, the research that it's really interesting when you're doing research, how much most people don't have an open mind. Like you have a belief system. And if mm. you're a researcher and you're looking at something, you're trying to look at something objectively, your bias always comes in. Yeah. It always affects your observations and your and and you'll you'll hang on to beliefs you know, damn the evidence to the contrary. You will hang on to those beliefs, especially if they're so personal to you as it was for me, because, you know, I once felt like a hopeless addict, Yeah, you know, and, and I was afraid of going back to that life. So as we were trying to extricate ourselves from what was more looking more and more like a cult, there was all that the cult sets you up to be fearful. Well, that's it. It's the thing about a cult is its mission is in, in a lot of cases, obviously it's nefarious, right? The, the people involved, the leader, the cult leader, um, has a malicious intent and that is to, in a lot of cases, defraud people, um, and get their money Yep, and, and have, and have power. Usually money and power. Those are, that's the, that's the root of it with the, with these people that end up being the the leaders, the leaders, the gurus, the deities. Yeah. you very, I, I, I'm not sure I know of any gurus that weren't somehow, uh, benefiting financially. Right. right. I mean, right. It just, it's, it, I, there aren't any cults that I know of that were like that, that purposefully made them poor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so the question is, you know, is AA a cult is I would, I would dare say that the treatment industry is a cult. And, and that, that the, well, because it was sprouted from a cult. Yes. Yeah. It's, de it's designed to take away. And this is probably the, the, the biggest earmark of, or defining characteristic of a cult is that it takes away individuality. It takes away the idea that you are an individual with your own mind, with your own thoughts, with your own ability to think for yourself critically. Right. So you can't have a population of people or a person who thinks critically questions the ethos of something and have them be a good standing member of a cult it, they, you have to extinguish people's autonomous or the knowledge that they are autonomous and powerful creatures you have to get rid of that you have to eliminate it from the equation so so aa is masterful masterful at taking away people's individuality. The way they do that is by a very simple idea. And that is that you are powerless and that the drug has power, which is actually the opposite of actual reality. Right. It's literally 100% <laughs> 
diametrically opposed to what is real. You, your mind exists. You're, you have intelligence, you have reasoning powers, and you're autonomous. You're your own thinking creature. In AA or any 12-step paradigm, they extinguish that by ignoring it, by saying, yeah, you know what? You're you're kind of powerless over this substance or this idea or whatever. And, and you have to admit it. Yes. You have to admit it. So the 12-step process is a process of basically admitting that you can't think for yourself and that you have to let something outside of you think for you. Right? The group. Yeah. Some deity. Some dogma. The big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Big book. Um, it, 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 there's so many, and I can remember I was one of those people that I would question it and question it and question it. And I can remember being told over and over and over again that my questioning it was a symptom of my disease of alcoholism, right? That, 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 that was my stinking thinking. That was my, my, you know, broken brain trying to trick me. Yes. Yes. And so think about that. So your, 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 your biology somehow conspires against your mind. Like there's two people inside of you and it becomes this weird, confusing, scary, depressing thing. God, it's terrible. It really is because you question yourself. And then worse off is you continue to drink and drug problematically. Your life is falling apart. Right. That's right. Reinforcing the mythology. Yeah. And so you take on this belief system of a broken alcoholic or addict. And that's right where they want you because, because then you're subservient to whatever message they're selling. And uh, in the treatment industry, we see that all the time with, you know, you get evaluated at some clinic that also happens to be the outpatient clinic that you're going to be referred to right? There's right. a conflict of interest. And, uh, and so all these forces uh, coerce you into a model where you're taught that you really don't have any ability to stop yourself from behaving in a certain way. And that's just weird yeah. folks. That's, that's just really strange because a drug doesn't have a mind. It's not powerful. And it's not addictive. And then people jump all over that market. Drugs uh, cause withdrawal. They, they can be addictive. No, drugs can cause withdrawal. Sure. They can poison you and cause withdrawal and cause toxicity. Yeah, toxicity and cause body changes. Sure. I don't disagree with that, but it doesn't automatically mean you're compelled to use. That is an idea. That's right. There are plenty of people that go into the hospital, get put on high doses of morphine, then leave the hospital and never go back to it. They just stop. They have a three-day yeah, flu. They go through like withdrawal. 98, 98 to 99% of people that ever use opiates for any reason never have a problem with them. It's the vast majority of people. Right. So so there's, so there's the first thing we have to do to, to create a cult is we have to take the individual out of the equation. We have to make you believe that you don't have the capacity to think for yourself. And so AA does a great job of that. Wow. It says you're powerless. It says that you need a power greater than yourself, a nebulous force called God, whatever the God is, you understand them, some thing. And that also you must, and here's the words, you must completely give yourself to this simple program. Now, 
if that's not cult language, I've never heard it. But, and and that's said before every meeting. But here's the thing. Here's the reason that people buy into this because it, because if you we tell did too. we did right, if you tell somebody that they they shouldn't think for themselves, most people are going to tell you to what go fuck yourself, right? Like I, what are you talking about? But if you're at a point in your life, and this is what happens when people go when they, you know, we have a whole culture around heavy substance use that views it as problematic, even when it isn't problematic for some people, you're judged pretty harshly for it. Right. And so, so you're, you grow up in our culture and especially if you have parents that had a problem or whatever, there's already this, this belief. If I'm somebody that likes intoxication, there's something wrong with me. Right. Right. So right. that starts there. But then you start, if you start having some problems, maybe you get a DWI, maybe you have pr problems in a relationship or at work or whatever. And, or maybe it's just as simple as one of your friends come, which happened to me, comes to you and says, wow, that was really messed up the way you were the other night. That was pretty bad. Like, you know, you should probably slow it down. Maybe you just get one of those conversations and, and you start that process of feeling like you're broken already. Yeah. So, what do you do? You do what everybody does. You go, I'm going to, I'll find a meeting. Yeah. And so the meeting, when you go to the meeting, you already feel vulnerable and helpless and powerless. You feel that way. Well, yeah. And society has already kind of cooked that into, yes. uh, you know, even like health class in seventh grade, I can oh, remember. Yeah. I can remember them teaching us how powerful drugs were and that if you smoked meth once or smoked crack, this was the eighties. So uh, <laughs> it was a big it was a crack. It was big, big crack time. Like yeah, crack everybody scare. was scared. Yeah. yeah. And that you would, you would descend into, you know, the ghetto and, and be a slave to it. And I can remember being taught that. And now what the irony was at that point, I had already smoked cocaine a couple of times with this girl and I didn't even like it. Right. I was like, my this, thing this, makes me, I, I, yeah. this makes me geeky. <laughs> I and lived stupid. in the age of coke, partied in the age of cocaine. I was like, I could care less about cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you build your preferences, but, but, uh, but the point is, is that there were a lot of people that did buy into that. Oh yeah. For right. Sure. And, and, and succumb to the idea that, oh yeah, once I start and then they get high, they'd prefer it. They'd like it. They'd like that experience. And then suddenly they frame it as I'm hopeless. I'm an addict. Yep. And so we're creating addicts. I saw another thing that really scared me. I went to um, my kid's school. My kids are out of school now, but um, probably they were in probably 10th to 12th grade, right? Somewhere in there. But I happened to have gone uh, to this event and I was going through the elementary school and they had all these posters that kids had done like in second grade. And it was all about the susceptibility of suicide. Oh, God. They're teaching seven-year-olds that if they're if they're bullies, if they if they pick if they're picked on, if they have low self-esteem, that they're susceptible, like like a virus, to killing themselves, and that mm. we we needed to be our brother's keeper and make sure that we treat each other better because we need to build each other up or else. And that is one of the worst things you can tell a child because you're placing in their mind that they're fragile. Right. And, and that suicide is a viable option if you're being bullied. Yes. 
And, and it's something you should consider. And if you do feel fragile, let's say you do have a bad day. Let's say you are beaten up. I mean, my God, my youth was filled with bullying <laughs> and, and being yeah, bullied and black eyes and bloody noses and tears and stolen bicycles and whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, but I didn't think about often myself, you know, not when point. I was seven years old, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, so I think that, that, uh, but you do hear kids talk about it now. Well, it's it's common practice at mm-hmm. this point to talk about it as if people are very fragile. Now, that plays in. Let's get back to the cult thing. So all of these things play into how somebody lands in AA and then. And buys it. And buys it. And and I bought it. I, I did. I, I can remember being young, though. Do you remember when you were young? And your parents and everybody was like, I'm saving a seat for you in AA. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and you're like, Jesus, you know, I this is just so weird. And then, but by 14, 15 years old, you're partying, you're like, fuck, I'm I'm destined. Yeah. I'm oh, de- absolutely I'm destined. We used to drink to all those four schmucks in AA knowing. I mean, I would joke about it with my friends, but I would know that eventually I would have to be there. Yeah. Like it was very like I, I everybody was like oh you're just like your father you're just like your father you're gonna I mean every single relative I had my siblings my mother everybody was like you're just like your father you're 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 an alcoholic in the making so so then you so you go to your first AA meeting they they read the preamble they read how it works which is where they tell you that you have to completely give yourself to the simple yes, program, which is read at every single meeting. They read all of the steps, which teaches you that. Uh, and here's the next part of a cult. Mm. And that is that the requirement is that you bring new members in. Yes. So the way AA cooks that in is really interesting. They say your sobriety is dependent on the amount of service or the amount of people that you bring into the cult yourself, that you recruit. Now, there's a model that is just like this. It's the Jehovah's Witnesses that believes that there's a certain number of people that go to heaven, and only those people that do the recruiting are included in that small number that go to heaven in the overall number. Now, that that's that's a, a an amazing, screwed up, <laughs> technique, but no offense it, if but, you're Jehovah's Witness. Well, but but it, <laughs> but it is but what it is. It's craziness, and I'm going to tell you why it's craziness. So there's, I forget what the number is. Let's say it's 120,000. I don't know the exact I know, number. I, I used either. to know it, but, but it, it's some a, number, not a very big number, right? Some number like that. <laughs> so within the Jehovah's Witnesses, there's more people in the Jehovah's Witnesses than that number, which means you're already in the deficit situation as an organization. So. With fear, they say, well, only those that recruit the maximum number of people into Jehovah's Witnesses are included in that number of people that go to heaven. Now, what that does is that creates a frenzy. And it creates a frenzy because the more people that end up in the organization, the larger the number is and the smaller the percentage that go to heaven are. So then what it does is it creates a sales force. And only the top performers are allowed into the exclusive club called heaven. So it self-perpetuates recruitment. Well, AA does the exact same thing. Yes, It says the only way you retain your sobriety and can keep it 
and are right. These are the, th this is the term and you are rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, right? This whole fantastical thing. Promises, right? Yes. The promises. Yes. The promises, <laughs> the 12 promises. And uh, it, the only way is if you recruit and they call that service work, service work, right? 12 stepping. It means you go out and you, you know, make sure you sponsor you somebody people. in. You sponsor people. You, yes, you look for the newcomer. You look for people. You spread the message. Yeah. And now, so what they did is they took some really normal, good Christian ideas like service. Be nice to your Helping fellow man. people. Yeah. And then they put a hook in it and said, but you have to do it. If you want to remain sober, and as Bill Wilson, the, the architect of AA, the cult leader, he said, you know, if you don't do God's will and do service work, John Barleycorn will make you do it, you know, meaning booze, yeah. alcohol. And once again, you see how he, he gave it a name. He personified the devil. So that's another uh, sort of earmark of a cult. Yes. Right? Yes, that there's that there's a bad guy. Yeah, and the bad guy man. is out to get you. That's right. And it and the only protection that you have is within the cult. That's right. It it is the answer. It is the the shield, if it were, right? As it were. So so all of these things are designed around fear, getting you to become fearful, getting you to stop questioning the method getting you to recruit endlessly and making it so that you blindly follow those that went before. And eventually what happens is you matriculate into a position of power. You, you get, get more and more knowledgeable about how to manipulate people, how to do service work. You kind of like that Jehovah's witness. You're, you're the, you're the top sales force in each group. Yes. And now I did all this. Me too. I, I did all of it. And and I'm ashamed to say that. I, I didn't know any better. Um, it's embarrassing to me now. Me too. But but it is it is where I was at that point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, there are people that will say, you know, but in it, they think about cults and they think, but in many cults, if you leave, you know, they'll drag you back, they'll come and find you and get you and bring you back into the cult. Um, most cults don't operate that way. Uh, the way that AA keeps people is through the fear tactics. If if any, if you join any organization that tells you if you leave us, you will die, that's a cult. That's it. Okay. And so what does AA say? If you don't go to meetings, if you stop going to meetings, you will drink again and drinking again, or you will use drugs again. And doing those things again means what jails, institutions, or death? Nothing good is going to come of that, right? Right, right. So that's that's a great point. So if you leave, you are doomed to the three choices. Yes, there is no. Well, you might just stop drinking and move on with your life, which is you know every, well, nearly everyone. <laughs> yeah, statistically, that's actually what happens. That is actually if, what happens if you avoid the cult. But if you are in the cult, right? If you are listening to this podcast and you you. I have been to AA, going to AA for like six months and you're like, mm, something isn't right here. Um, and you're listening. If you started thinking in your mind, I, I don't want to go to meetings anymore, but I'm too scared to stop. You're hooked. Yeah. You're in a cult. You're in a cult that like, yep. like, and what you need to know is because when you're in that cult, 
they make you believe through all of these stories and stuff. There's right. always a story of somebody. Did you hear about Jim? He left. Stop coming to meetings. He, bam, he's dead. Like you'll hear those stories all the time. And maybe Jim is real. You know what I mean? But what you didn't hear about Jim is that he'd been to six rehabs and he'd overdosed a dozen times and he was on and off Suboxone and he was in and out of meetings and he was doing all of these things. And he was doing it all. And he was working the program like they said. And he was going to meetings daily. Okay. And that's what you didn't hear about Jim. The ideas that he learned in the cult of treatment and in the cult of AA are likely what caused him to, to perish. I mean, we do see this. We do see this in the research. We talk about it in our book. Um, the people that buy into the idea that they're powerless, that buy into the idea that they're permanently broken and they don't have control, guess what? Those people act accordingly. They act based on their beliefs and they continue to struggle with heavy substance use. They don't ever get out of it. The people that don't buy in, that leave AA, that are like, this doesn't make sense to me and I'm just not going to do this anymore. I bet I can just stop and move on with my life, which is the majority do fine. That's yeah. just the way it is. That's the reality of it. So, 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 so if fear is ruling your decisions, yeah, that's, you're in a cult. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, now if you have independent fearful thoughts because you've been drinking and drugging and it has nothing to do with meetings, you're not in a cult. Okay. No. That's just being scared. Um, I was scared plenty of times in my life. I had nothing to do with AA, but once I started integrating myself into AA and NA, um, that fear was amplified and it was given some context. And the context was, uh, you better be scared. And the only answer is daily meetings. You know, that's your medicine. Did you get your medicine today, Mark? And you have to listen to everybody and what they say. And they get to tell you how to live your life. That's right. That's why you get a sponsor. Ironically, do you want to know how sponsorship started? People, don't you think sponsorship is a kind of a weird word hmm. for a self-help group, right? Well, the way that started was Bill Wilson and the original group of AAers down in uh, Manhattan in Towns Hospital would go down. They would uh, have the doctor there, Dr. Silkworth, take a drunk off the street, put him in a bed in a closet, essentially, in a, in a sort of a back room ward that they had developed. And then what would happen is Bill and company would walk in and they would say to the wife of the drunk or the husband, here, let's, let's separate you two. And a bunch of people would go and talk to the wife or the husband and separate them. And then the person would then Bill and these guys would say, listen, we have to ego deflate you at depth. Mm -hmm. We have to crush your ego. We have to crush the idea that you can do this without us. That right there is a cult. Okay. Yeah. And, and so they would work on the guy and work on the guy and he'd say, no, I think I can take it or leave it. I, I, I'm going to quit after this bout, you know, I'm, I'm done. No, you can't, you can't do that. You're an alcoholic. Did you know that? Did you know you're hopeless? It's a hopeless condition of mind and body. It's a spiritual disease. And the guy's going, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, this is why. And so they would hammer this and they would spend two to five days just beating the shit out of the guy mentally. While he's detoxing. While he's detoxing. Then they would say, uh, we're going to assign somebody to you who's going to continue to work on you. So Bill and those guys would start working on somebody else. And that person was would become their sponsor. Now that sponsor or that representative of AA would then say, have 
are you willing to surrender your will over to the group and to God as you understand him? And if the person doesn't adequately do that, if they don't surrender adequately, they don't get sponsored in. The sponsor can then say, you're not allowed to our meetings. Okay. So it's only when you completely give in and our ego deflated. And when we judge, meaning the AA members, the sponsor, when I judge that you're allowed to come into the meeting. Now, the only people that were allowed in, the ones that were willing to give themselves completely to this simple program, mm -hmm. quote unquote. So that's where all this developed. And then the sponsor would take that person and say, I'm sponsoring them in. Okay. I, I say it's okay. He's, he's gotten down on his knees. He's admitted complete defeat. He knows he has the disease of alcoholism. Now, doesn't all this sound like rehab? Just substitute instead of, instead of the sponsor, substitute the therapist and your probation department and, and child protective. The court system. Exactly. So, so now you're in this bizarre scenario that is literally in the fabric of America. We have the cult of pharmacology. We have the cult of 12 steps. We have the cult of treatment and all of it's designed around, you know, making you believe you have something you don't have, which is the disease of addiction, a brain disease, a chronic progressive. None of that's true. And then forcing you to believe it, give into it, and then give into the powers that be to run your life. Yes. Yes. You are convinced. And if you join any group that convinces you that you can't think for yourself, that what you like and don't like is uh, evidence that you have some kind of disease. Um, if you know, you're, you're told that you can't spend time with certain people because mm -hmm. they're not good for your sobriety. Can't um, stay in a relationship. You can't stay in a relationship with your spouse. You can't stay in a relationship with your children or your parents. Yes, this really happens. If you're listening to this and you're somebody that has never had this experience before, this really happens in today in America where people yeah. join this cult called Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or they go to rehab where they're forced to do all of this. They're really told these things. Okay. Now you might be somebody listening, thinking, yeah, but my, my daughter just overdosed for the sixth time. Well, has your daughter been to rehab? Has she tried NA and AA? Yeah. That's not a, that's not a reasoning to do more of the same. Is exactly. it? Exactly. Somehow, somehow they've convinced you that the reasoning that you should be thinking is, oh, she hasn't worked the program hard enough. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. I mean, she's worked the program to death nearly. Yes. You know, so yes. maybe it's time to think something different and allow the person the privilege, the right to move on with their lives. Yes. Yes. What happens? And this is the worst, one of the worst things that can happen to somebody. The moment that somebody deems you're an addict or an alcoholic, nobody listens to you. People stop listening to you. All of a sudden, anything you have to say is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what you think how you feel, what you doesn't matter anymore. You have to absolutely succumb to being a non-person. Yeah. And that's what I always tell people. That's when the human mind gets replaced with dogma. And once, once the, the powers that be around you and in, in those programs, once they no longer see that you are your own autonomous creature, that you're your own thinking person, 
then you're just meat to them. You're just mm -hmm. a body. You're a paying customer. You're a dollar in the basket or whatever it is nowadays. I mean, when we way back when it was a dollar in the basket, it's probably five dollars in the basket now. I don't know what it is, but um, but everybody, you know, anybody that says, yeah, but it's free. Oh, no, it isn't. You pay with your life. Yep. You pay with Absolutely. your life. You know, you pay with allegiance. You give up your right to be a thinking creature. Yeah. A critically thinking human being. And we're, our society is going in that direction too. I mean, all of it is headed towards this fragile, broken, you know, person that needs a therapist or a professional of some kind to direct your life. You don't need that. You just have to decide uh, with good information how to get out of the cult, start yeah. thinking again for yourself, start believing that you're capable of that and making new choices. And changing your preferences. Now, all of that takes good information. So that's why we wrote the freedom model as a deprogramming guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, and if you're going to a therapist and that's working for you, great, but know what that means. Okay. Um, I had to see a therapist at one point in my life. It was very, very helpful to me. Me too. Um, but I already knew how I, I mean, my background's behavioral health. I already knew what it looked, what my goal was what it looked like to me, um, getting better, so to speak. And that was, I had to know that I wasn't broken. I had to know that I could be happier in my life. If I'm not going to somebody that's helping me to see that or whatever group I'm joining is doing the opposite, is making me think that I'm broken, is making me think that things, well, this is as good as everything's going to get for you, then you're, I'm in the wrong group. I'm with the wrong person because I have an autonomous mind and I get to decide what I like and don't yeah. like. I, yeah. you know, and you know what? Some people aren't going to like the same things I like and that's okay. I, I get people all the time. They say, so you wouldn't advocate going to any meetings at all. I say, no, never, ever, God, no, ever, never, not, not one ever. I, I wouldn't advocate going to any treatment center that had the disease of alcoholism or any disorder based idea that that addiction is some sort of disorder based uh, problem. It's a problem based on a habit that's confounding and confusing with a lot of misinformation, Absolutely. but it's a preference you build because you like it at some level. Um, and that's the only way to solve it is to know the truth and then change your preference within your own autonomous mind. That's that that's the only way you can change. That's it because you're the only one in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how long we've been going on this, but uh, we 30, were very passionate. <laughs> 32 minutes. I just don't want somebody going down the path we went down. Because no. it's highly painful. In my case, it almost killed me. I, I, I did almost commit suicide because of what treatment did to me and how they worked on me and how they broke me, how they actively tried to break me because I'm not I'm sort of a nonconformist dude. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you have like to that. know, some you know, we spent, the, like the first half of our lives there um, in AA. I mean, we grew up in it. I grew up in it from the age of nine years old. How old were you? You were like. Oh, first memories. I remember my mom going to meetings when I was five. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it. And then we were in it and around it until we were about 30 years old. So, um, and I'm only, we're only in our fifties now. So we spent the first half of our lives in, in the cult of AA. So if anybody knows about it, we definitely do. We are qualified to talk on it and, um, and look at, so if you 
feel fear for if you're in a group and you are it's a fear based you're staying because you're fearful um maybe it's time to explore your op other options yeah i would I get our book the freedom model for addictions it's free go on to the, the freedommodel.org you can get a digital version for free by uh using uh coupon code freedom 100 that's the word freedom and digits one zero zero um and uh read it and you'll you'll be blown away yeah we and and look at if you're if you're listening and you have a loved one you have somebody that you love that is is kind of now getting distant from you because they're in in it in the cult um i had a, a we had an email question about that um just today i got it and i answered it um you know, get the freedom model for the family. You can also get mm -hmm. it with that coupon code freedom 100. Um, go to the freedom model.org and get that. Uh, that it's a difficult thing to watch happen. If you have a, a relative or yourself and you've been through two, three, four, five, ten 10 rehabs, um, you may need to be deprogrammed. And yeah. we can do that with you at the at the St. Jude retreat. We do that with people every day. And we've been doing that for 33 years. I get people that have been uh, the high watermark was a fella that was 28 years old that had been to already over 50 rehabs. And he lived institutionalized for 12 years. And he just went from one rehab to the next. It was unbelievable how he scammed the system. Um, and he did exceedingly well and never went back. So there's, there's a way to become free from all this, but the answer is you. And that's yeah. the beautiful part. We're just going to teach you that you're, you're the thing that's, that's free and always has been, but, but you're trapped by misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is a lot, it's a lot of, a lot of debunking. And for some people it's a process. Um, we have the freedom model international membership for people that gives you access to all of our, our both our online programs, freedom model, online program and the freedom model for the family online program as well as a seminar series on why you shouldn't go to AA. Mm -hmm. So, so look at, we have a lot of options is all we're saying. Um, and our websites are across. If you're on YouTube, you can go, our websites are across the bottom of the screen and our phone number is up there, but I'm going to tell you if you're listening on one of the other streaming services, um, you can go to online.thefreedommodel.org. That's all our online products. You can go to thefreedommodel.org and that will tell you all about um, private instruction, the retreat. Um, our books are available there, our audio book. Uh, there's a, a blog there. There's a whole lot that you can access through the freedommodel.org. Um, soberforever.net talks all about our retreat. That's soberforever.net. She said that fast. And so the phone number is 888-424-2626. And we thank everybody for listening and watching. And um, I think yeah. that's it. Get free. Yes, you can be free. All right. Bye, bye. everybody.